Yo, what's going on? It's your boy, Big Wavy Roy Johnson here. Hello everyone, this is the interview queen, Alicia Too. This is the infamous Cameron Solis. This is the professional Nathan Cruz. This is Veggie. This is the Callahan Death Machine in the draw and the face of Impact Wrestling, Sammy Callahan. The one and only shot with Thunder Willie Mack. This is Shreddy Breck, a.k.a. Mr. Clangin' and Bangin'. And you're listening to... You are listening to... You are listening to... Broken But Glorious. Broken But Glorious. Broken But Glorious. Hello and welcome to Broken But Glorious on BBGWrestling.com. I'm Chris Laff and I'm delighted to be joined on the line by commentator and ring announcer Jim Bailey. How do you see Jim? Good evening, Chris. How are you doing? I'm very well. Yeah. I'm a, I was full of cold this morning, but I seem to have got better as the day's gone on, so hopefully I won't sniff too much. No, good, but, good. <laughs> <laughs> I've had some mega sneezing fits today. I was like, oh no, I hope this doesn't happen to <laughs> <laughs> Hey, well, there you go. I mean, it'll always go down as the sneezing episode. <laughs> I've been lucky. I, I do suffer from hay fever quite badly, but I've never had a sneeze and fit on the show before. So, but that streak will continue. So. Just keep <laughs> that, keep them to the garden. Yeah. So, how you been? How you been? How you been? How you been lockdown? Not so bad. Uh, I've been self isolating uh, since last week, so that's been a bit dull. But uh, thankfully, I do my radio show on that, and I can link in remotely to most of them. All right. So, I've uh, I've still been continuing to do those. Missed a bit of the live football coverage, but. Uh, I've still been able to tune into the games and that, so it's not so bad. Although, actually, to be fair, I was probably happier if I didn't tune into the games because Bolton are rubbish. <laughs> I have to say, but I, anyway, I, I, I don't tend to follow the lower leagues that much. Do you? See, that, that just sums it up, doesn't it? You know, back in the day, we were not a lower league team, but now <laughs> we are. But hey, we're not here for football, are we? You're going to go out of business last season. To yeah, we were, we, were in, uh, we were in dire dangers of doing yeah. but, uh, and well, they say eleventh hour, but actually it was probably more like thirteenth hour because we passed the deadline, and then someone came in. Oh, I've got someone. <laughs> Give it to him quick. <laughs> but so uh, yeah, League Two now and struggling there it seems. But hopefully things will turn around eventually. So you'd be playing my local team, Tramia. So, you know. Well, we were last year. Yeah, cool. <laughs> There's no love lost between Tramia and Wanderers fans. We've <laughs> <laughs> each other for years. Yeah. <laughs> I was asked about it, and they're like, "Why do you even not like Tramia?" I was like, "Well, I don't really know, but..." There's just a thing that it's like like Palace and Brighton. There's a rivalry which most fans have no idea why there's yeah. a rivalry. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. I think it's because they knocked us out of two cup competitions back in the nineties. It's like, I mean, that's what you're supposed to do, isn't it? Really, knock the other team out of the cup, you know. Trammy has one good season ever where they got to the final of one in the quarters. It might have been actually when you had that fellow that lobbed ball for miles. Yeah, uh, John something. I can't remember his name. Yeah, yeah. That's the one. Um, <laughs> I think he, but to be fair, he had the world record for a while. I don't mm. know if he still does, but he, he did have the world record for a bit. Yeah, they're like, oh, he, it's like having a corner. From, it's like having a corner <laughs> from anywhere. It's like, is it yeah, really? it was, yeah. <laughs> I, think that's so, what, I think that's what undid it as well. Yeah. So um, have you been keeping up with the wrestling while you've been um, isolating? Yeah, as best a, I can, to a be honest with fan? you. Oh, yeah, you know, I, I love me wrestling. Um, mm. I've I've got out of the loop of watching WWE though because it's just been naff. Like the storytelling's just gone proper. Um, they seem so to see for a while now. So they they got like they can have like two stories going at once. Yeah, and but that's then, a bad uh, idea. That underneath they can't do anything else. So but then I did watch the um, I did watch the last pay per view and I watched mm-hmm. the night of Cha- uh, not night of champions the 
Clash of Champions match between Roman Reigns and uh, Jey Uso. And that yeah. I thought was excellent. I thought that was the storytelling within that match was phenomenal. And the, the same at Hell in a Cell. I, don't know, I really enjoyed I really enjoyed what they're doing with Roman Reigns, but everything else. Ugh, I've been keeping up more with uh, AEW recently. Yeah. Um, been enjoying uh, that. I've not I've not watched this week's episode yet, but uh, I watched last week's episode, beginning of this week, and that was good fun. Um, not quite sure where a Broadway style of musical number comes in, but it, I, it, I still enjoyed it. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's like that. Some people say it's the greatest. It, was great. it wasn't where I was expecting. No. <laughs> I don't know how many times I've watched that it. segment to go, but hey, it was it was good fun. Yeah, my five-year-olds. And the bit at the end when it really turned it out that they really didn't want them steaks was great. <laughs> Me and my five-year-old watched it about 20 times. Though the first, that's in a row. He loved it. I was like, <laughs> the facials were fantastic. Just the, the, the big cheesy grins. Fantastic. Loved it. <laughs> well, that's what wrestling's about, man. It's about having a bit of fun as well as all the serious stuff. Yeah, and with like MJF and Jericho, they 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 can be silly or they can be completely serious oh, yeah. and hard-assed. So it's like, yeah. I mean, Jericho's got a track record that you know just goes back years and years and he's always been fantastic at pretty much anything they've they've given him to do, whether he's been in um, WWE or AEW or back in WCW and all that. He's, mm. he's just always seemed to, whatever they've given him, he's always seemed to, well, you know, 99% of the time he's turned out gold. And mm-hmm. I think that MJF is, without a doubt, one of the most talented guys going, and for him to be that young and That's in the position he's in, is he 24? it's just mind blowing. It's something like that. Early twenties. Yeah. Um, I, I saw him at Blackpool Tower uh, when I was watching a PCW show, oh, wow. and I was like, "Who's this dude? Like, who's this MGF guy?" And then he, he only did he only did like a bit of a like a five ten minute skit in the ring before his match, and hmm. by the end of it, I was like. He's got something, that dude. And then he rocked up in AEW when they kind of started up. And I was like, oh, that's the dude with the scarf from Blackpool Tower. Yeah. And then <laughs> just skyrocketed. And it, just everything he's done, I've been like, I like it. I like what he does. Mm, he's definitely. so easily dislikable, which is rare for heel these days. Everyone wants to be the cool heel. And, you know, there's not many that are just that good at being instantly dislikable without. You know, looking at him thinking you're trying too hard or whatever. It was mm, definitely. <laughs> fantastic stuff from him. I think he's very, he, he could, he could be end up at WrestleMania at some point in his career. No, no doubt. I know he's in AEW now, but he's got such a long career, hopefully, ahead of him that he could change companies three or four times. You know, he could do the Jericho route and just go where he fancies. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, um, this will probably give you age away. So, who was your favorite wrestler growing up? Um, growing up, I was the, my, my first favourite wrestlers were Stone Cold, obviously. Yeah. Um, He's my five-year-old's favourite wrestler and, of the moment. <laughs> and Mankind. Um, Man- Mankind, Cactus Jack, you know, Mick Foley, basically. Attitude um, Kane and Stone Cold, then. I just absolutely adored. Yeah, I got into wrestling when I was about, probably about 10, 11. Um, well, I kind of became, a, I was always kind of aware of wrestling, but I didn't have Sky, so I didn't have much access to it. No. And I was just too young to have seen the tail end of British wrestling because I'm I'm 32 now, nearly 33. Yeah. So I grew yeah. up into the kind of, we're well, probably new generation era, but I didn't ha- I didn't really see that. And then I, when I did come into it, it was a studio WWE and Channel 5's WCW Worldwide shows, yes. with the Batman <laughs> graphics and stuff that Channel 5 laid over the top. Yeah. Um, so I was also a big fan of 
Goldberg and uh, Chris Benoit and um, DDP. Yeah. Just love, love those guys as well because I was very much, I didn't really pick a side because I knew WWE at that point when I came into it, or at least in Britain, WWE was like the, or WWF as it was then, was the the company it was the, it was the, the you know the real deal yes even though wcw might have been ruling the roost in america in 98 it wasn't really here wwe was still the the premier brand or oh, that was how it seemed yeah. to me at the time but when i got in because WWE was like the one that was like the best but wcw was the one i could watch regularly so i just like both i just yeah. watched both and it never really occurred to me at that age that you picked one or the other. No, definitely. I'm the same with that. I, I watched AEW and WWE, and I don't like pick a side. I was That's it. I'll just watch whatever's entertaining, yeah. I suppose. NXT. I've not seen NXT in a while, which is uh, a shame because I got really into NXT, and then once mm. it's gone to its two-hour format, and it's not as not 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 quite as accessible. I've I've kind of tailed out a little bit. Um, yeah, but, I, much, I much prefer to be in 45 minutes an hour. And- yeah the same not a week late like it is now so. exactly and then you've got the takeovers live on the network but then if you've not watched the Don't nxt cry. before it because you've not got it yet it all falls out of sync and mm-hmm. then you just forget to catch it plus there's so much wrestling and i've not watched um nxt uk for, for ages for the just for the fact that there's too much wrestling to watch and it, yeah, again being definitely. involved in the british wrestling scene i should be watching nxt uk and i, I feel like i'm doing a disservice not, I feel like I'm doing a disservice not watching it, but I've just not, I just don't manage to fit in. Yeah, I watched the relaunch, but I just don't, I don't like wrestling with no fans. I like, I like how the least they've got, ah, yeah, at least true. they've got the screens up and they've got, well, like, yeah, the they've trainees got the around. And yeah. they've got, um, Lisa, yeah, yeah. Well, and of course, you've got AW, you've got, um, a few of the roster members, and then they've got socially distant fans kind of strewn around the, the, the mm. arena as well, haven't they? Yeah. So you're still getting like a bit of a reaction and there's some good production in AEW with the, they're taking that crowd and they're not making it sound too sparse. Cause I assume that they, I, mean, I assume that they might, they've marked the crowd up and they're just amplifying them a little bit mm-hmm. and getting a, a bit more of an atmosphere going, but it's sounding good, whatever they do. Yeah. But like impact, they don't have a crowd at all, but they've changed the way they film the matches. So you don't notice it as much. Mm. So I can't, I can't can watch impact. Fair, again, I've not been, I've not been watching so much Impact, but from everything that I've been hearing about it, it was one of the most consistently good shows throughout the initial lockdown. It was, yeah. Of any of them, which is good because I went TNA back in like the early, well, probably like the late noughties was, again, it was a go-to because I didn't have Sky Sports, but I could watch Challenge and so I could watch TNA Impact mm-hmm. and you know, in that little that little era where they just seemed like they might be able to make something just a little bit special happen and, and really put up a bit of a challenge, bringing in, you know, your AJ Styles is and, uh, well, they already had AJ Styles, obviously, but bringing in Kurt Angles and your Booker T's for a bit of star power and mm-hmm. adding them to a young, hungry roster with the machine guns and Styles, as I said, some more jaw. And it's no surprise that a lot of those have gone on to be, you know, major, major players in, in the wrestling world without a shadow of a doubt. And there's some that I look back on, and I'm, I just I wonder, like, you know, why why the why the Motor City Machine Guns never made it to a higher kind of higher level in in the industry, and why mm, the definitely. likes of even going back to WCW, some of the guys that came over in the invasion that just you know now, you know, I suppose it, the politics and the fact that it was over saturated roster, much too big for one company, but there were some people that I was well into in WCW towards the end of that run 
mm-hmm. that never really went on to a great deal when it came to WWE. Yeah, I never watched WCW. Well, I've went back and watched it now, but at the time I was, I kind of stopped watching wrestling. Around so 97. bad if you go back and watch it now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I watched, yeah. yeah. And then 2001, like... I got back into it because I heard there's going to be this invasion. So I watched it for like a year. Then yeah. fizzled out. Then I moved out. Didn't have Sky, so I stopped watching for a couple of years. And I didn't get back until about 2006. Watched it because I heard ECW was starting up again. <laughs> so I thought, I'll watch it again. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> then, yeah, fizzled out again. And then, yeah. Was, and of course, so- these days, mm. if you know where you're looking, you can get access to pretty much everything now. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but back then, there was none of this dodgy, you know, there was none of this go to a dodgy website and get the latest episode of Raw. It was either you had it or you didn't, or you'd go to a mate's house and catch it on a Friday night if you could. But again, at 12, 13 year old, you couldn't just you couldn't just impose yourself on your mates on every Friday because you might watch Raw. <laughs> it much that. Yeah, when I was uh, so wanted to, it was either, it was either eat, get Sky or eat when I moved out. So like, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. 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 <laughs> so. To be fair, me and, me and one of my mates moved out together and we, 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 we were kind of had that dilemma and we tried to we, we chose to just sod it we'll do both and um it led to debt and hungriness so you know you probably pick wisely yeah because uh, when i moved out with my girlfriend at the time she was in college and didn't have a job so it was literally my wage <laughs> she did yeah. the, the odd the odd turn in the pub but she wasn't she wasn't even there like two nights a week so it wasn't she wasn't bringing in loads of money so it was literally preview and we'll eat lots of pasta and stuff because <laughs> that's yeah. cheap <laughs> Yeah, well, that's it. And then on the freeview, all you had was TNA, and the, it, you know it can be. It, it was it was great at times, but there's, there's still, even when it was having that kind of magical little era where it looked like they could do something, there was mm. still the odd you know, Russo moment of what, what what's what's going on there? Why? Like we'll have a battle royal for the women's number one contendership, mm-hmm. right? And then the winner, then they, we'll get down to the last two, and that'll they'll have a match, and the winner of that match can be the champion or can challenge the champion whichever it was and the loser even though she's actually come all the way through the battle royal you get your head shaved love yeah what what What? who's thought that up oh well well done well done for coming uh, for being the joint winner of that battle royal now we'll shave your head well yeah some crazy yeah the reverse battle royal's crazy one that um, king of the mountain never got oh it's just the most confusing concept ever and they still brought it back every year yeah, on that one where they had the four boxes on the four corners, where it's just random whether you want a championship or you want a picture. Oh yeah, like, the feast, feast or fired yeah, yeah. thing. Or you get fired. But you could, you, you could get a shot at a title. Yeah. But you might get fired. Although it was very funny. One year, Chris Daniels got fired, and the next night, Curryman debuted, and then <laughs> the year after, I think, I think Curryman got fired, and Chris Daniels came back the night. After. <laughs> it was like, oh, I wonder what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> so, have you ever been a lapsed fan? Have you ever stopped watching for any reason? Um, yeah, I go through little phases. I think um, again, depending on what I've got available to me to watch. Um, at the start of the start of the initial lockdown, I was living with one of my friends, and uh, that was he. Well, he wasn't a big wrestling fan, so I, I was watching. I was keeping up as best I could and watching the pay per views, but I didn't want to deluge him with all different bits of wrestling. So <laughs> I suppose I kind of got out of it a little bit there, but. Generally, I've always at least kept up with what's going on through watching little clips or watching, um, you know, as much as I could and keeping up with results. It's it's always kind of been there as a, as a bit of a constant, really, I suppose. Mm-hmm. 
But then I was starved of it as a kid. I wasn't one of those kids that loved wrestling and then grew out of it because by the time I got into it, I was already old enough to know better. So yeah. there was no going back, really. This is Rick Marcus, and you've been listening to Broken But Glorious Podcast. So, so you've worked for like um, Grand Pro Wrestling, Unstoppable, This Is Wrestling. How did you get into the business? And um, Well, initially, like most people, um, I loved it. So I thought, I'll have a crack at this. I bet I'll be really good. And then, of course, you go to training and realise that you stink because um, that's what most people realise when mm. they first step through um, into a training school. And I, 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 I literally, I Googled wrestling training schools near me and I found Future Shock and I found GPW that were in a, within a travelable distance. And GPW was an easier travel, not having a car. Um, it was just a train and a walk as opposed to a train and a walk and a tram and a walk. Mm-hmm. So I was like, right, well, that's the one I'm going there. So I emailed off to Richard Parker, not Richard Parker. It was the guy, there was a name. Richard Parker was ringing it. So it was a, there was a name, and it was. A, it turned out it wasn't a real person. It was just like a pseudonym that they used for the trading <laughs> school and yeah. organised. I had no idea why. It makes no sense. But I think it was like a management name they used. Cafe, but Shaw's as well. Like because Johnny Brannigan, who ran the place, was also wrestling as heresy. So rather than make it known that he was running the show, they had this just this name. Yeah. That covered the owner of the company that you never saw. Um, So I got in touch and got all the details, cracked over to an induction. I think there were five people at the induction. Um, And so it wasn't worth putting a whole new class together for this induction. Mm. So we just got thrown in with everybody else that was there and everybody else had to kind of take a few steps back. But Johnny was like, look, it won't do you any harm to go back over some of the basics and you'll be here to help out the new guys and all that and uh, help put them through the paces. And I was like, yeah, right, Sam, this is great. Uh, so I rocked up in my shorts and my T-shirt and all that. No pads, because, oh. <laughs> you know, I didn't I didn't, know, I didn't have a clue where to get wrestling pads from. So I just rocked up and, and hoped for the best. And I remember when I got there, the door was locked and everybody was standing outside. So there was like a crowd of about 20-odd people, some really big dudes, some not-so-big dudes, lots of people already in, like, training gear. So they already, they already had the pads and stuff ready to go. And I was just like, wow, um, who do I speak to here? Like, who do I go and say I'm new kind of thing? So I just kind of rocked up. And of course, they, they, no, I was walking towards this big crowd of people. Um, they figured out, I, I was wearing, a, I had a gym bag. They assumed he must be one of the newbies. So everyone was quite welcoming and said hello and shook my hand and all that. And I didn't realize quite at that point how big big of a deal shaking hands was. Yeah. Um, I bet that won't be the case when we go back after the uh, pandemic. No. Uh, everyone will be touching elbows, won't they? But um, well, I just remember when, when I got so. up there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, but we got, got up to the room and I remember the, one of the first people that came up to me was Lee Austin. Um, and he just gave me the very simple advice of do what Johnny tells you to do. Don't be a smart ass. Give it every, you know, give it your best and you'll get on fine. And I was like, well, that all sounds very sensible I'll, I'll i'll do that nice one cheers got in there and the first thing we had to do was we all got in a big circle yeah and johnny explained that what we do at the start of sessions is we do a warm-up and we'll do some stretches in a minute but before we do the stretches we've got to do some squats and everyone's going to do these squats so everyone got in a circle and he said the reason you're in a circle is because we're going to do squat chops and every time you do a squat you stand up you get chopped and i was like <laughs> oh right that's an interesting one fair enough at this point though i hadn't done anything majorly physical i was a bit of a tubby get and I hadn't done anything majorly physical since I was about, well, since PE at school. I played a bit of five-a-side, but like, you know, for 
exercising, doing squats and burpees mm. and press ups and sit ups and things like that. I'd done nothing since you know year year ten PE. Wow. So when he cracked out, we were doing 168 squats. <laughs> my head nearly fell off. <laughs> but somehow, I don't know how, somehow I managed to get through all 168 squats without dropping out. Yeah. And I didn't feel so bad, actually. I felt all right. The day after, well, in fact, when I got home from the training, after I'd sat on the train for half an hour back to Orient, got, got home, mm. I literally could not walk up the stairs. I was crawling up the stairs. Um, but I went back the week after. And I was the only person from the five that turned up for week two. Wow! And that, and but the fact that I was made me feel. Meant, I was like, oh, I've, I've cracked in. Everyone was dead impressed that I'd come back because I don't think they expected any of them, any of us to come back. Yeah. Um, but I bumped all right. Um, like my bumping was quite natural, apparently, especially my front bumps. It turned out that's like the position I slept in, so I was easy enough to fall into that position. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I took to bumping all right. I took to selling quite well. My problems really were giving moves to other people. I always felt very awkward and uncoordinated, and I never felt like I was the safest. I think I was seen as being safer than others. Yeah. But I never felt like I was the safest. I always kind of questioned my strength and my ability to hold people up in the air um, safely. I didn't want to drop anyone on the head. Um, and then the first, I did it for about nine months, and then I did my knee in playing football. Oh. And after, I was like, well, I'll get back into it. I'll get back into it. But I went to a few training sessions on crutches and just watched and tried to stay involved. But I slowly, it slowly petered away and then before you know it was better and I started playing football a little bit again and I started to enjoy not being in constant pain and so it took me a long time to go back and then I went to a, a GPW show and I was giving I was giving Brannigan he, Brannigan was in the ring as Harrison he, he was giving um he was, he was being a heel so yes. I was I was I was giving him some <clears throat> shit um because I've always had the thing when I go to especially after doing training um we went to shows as trainees and Johnny was always like, just don't be a smart ass. Yeah. If I'm out there to be booed, boo me. Like, and he, he was like, don't give everybody, don't just give everyone a massive reaction because you're there, because I'm, that's not what I'm asking you to do. I don't want you to be plants. But if you like someone's work, if you're appreciating someone and they're here, boo them, don't cheer them. Because you're doing the opposite of what you're supposed to be, and that's silly. And I was like, yeah, fair enough. So I've always had that kind of in my head. If I like a heel, I'll boo him. If I appreciate what heel's doing, I'll boo him. Um, or I'll give him abuse. And I'm quite loud, especially when I've had a few bevs. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I gave I gave Brannigan some shit, and he, he turned around and he spied it with me. He must have heard my voice. And he just shouted, uh, shut up, you quitter. And I was like, ooh. ooh. And then I went to I went to another show, and then I kind of planted the seed in my head of like, maybe I should go back and do a bit more, actually. I did really enjoy it. I just got out of the routine and like if anything with like any kind of training you get out the routine it's difficult to get back on it it is um, yeah. but and then i went to a show and it was um i was it lead then who, who gave me that kind of first initial advice him and a couple of others bin man and, and jason logan had made, started to make it onto shows and they started being um featured and lee was debuting and i was i ended up in the queue in front of Lee's family, um, or some members of Lee's family, and, and his, his sister was there. And I got chatting to his sister, and his sister was like, "Oh well, I'm going to start training." Um, 
and I was like, well, I used to do some training, blah, 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 blah. And it kind of started bringing it back. And she was like, well, you should, you should get back on it. Like, you should, have, you should have another go, you know, because we had a bit of a chat. She was like, it'd be good to see a friendly face. Someone that, I, mean, I know we don't know each other, but it'd be good to see, to get there. And there'd be somebody there that I've at least spoken to yeah. before um, in this new class. I think she, you know, she knew some of the people that, had, that were in Lee's kind of class and that, but she didn't, she wasn't going to know anybody in the new class. So she's like, it'd be nice to just see a, a, a vaguely familiar face. And I was like, I added a few beers. So I was like, yeah, I'm coming back. I am going to come back and I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, what have I done? What have I done? Why am I, why am I doing this? Oh, it's, like me, oh, it's like me. Every time I went out for of, a beer with I the rugby lads. It, <laughs> I'll, I'll be I back see, next once, season, once lads. Once I it the big un, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Once I given it the big un to a, a pretty girl at a wrestling show, I was like, well, I'm going to have to do it now, aren't I? And then I found out that my mates, um, one of my best mates, younger brothers, hmm. was going to start, be starting in this class as well. I was like, oh, well, oh, that's an extra incentive. Um, yeah, go on, sod it. Because he said he was asking me for a bit of advice, and I was like, "Well, you know what? Actually, I'm gonna come. I'm gonna come back and have a crack. So let's go and do it together." So we did, and I went back, and I got there, and sure enough, Leanne was there, and instantly you could see that of the class we were in, there were some people that were that had a bit about them, and there was there was a couple of um, a couple of a couple of lads were seemed pretty tidy. Um, there were two brothers, Nush and Imran, who were off the bat looking good. Yeah. Um, and they obviously, they also had the ability that they could go and, um, they could go home and they lived together. So they practice all the things they've been doing together. And so they very rapidly got good. I rocked up. Um, I never had anyone to kind of practice with outside, but now at least I had Ryan, my mate's brother. So we had a, a little bit of something that we could do. But Leanne instantly stood out as being just really really good yeah there was something about her that was just you might actually go on and do something here and turns out you know she went and she's done loads of bits obviously changing into lana and yes <laughs> been off and done you know what's next to uk uh appearances for impact at, at wrestlecon yeah i watched um, that match against them so young just you know really good a, stuff a brilliant and, match but Probably one of people in my first stint, yeah. Oh, yeah. She was. It was a cracking match. Um, I didn't watch much of the WrestleCon stuff, but I did. I did manage to get my eyes on that match, and it, it was a cracker. She's always. She was always good. And what was quite fun for me was that she she knew that I'd done it before, and she spoke to Lee and and was like, "Well, you know what? What's this guy all about?" And Lee was like, "Well, you know, he's he's pretty sound. He won't break your neck straight away." So. Yeah. <laughs> We worked, we worked together a lot in the early stages to the point where once she was like, oh, I'll partner with you. And I was like, oh, maybe, maybe you shouldn't. And she was like, why do you not want to work with me? And I was like, it's not that I don't want to work with you because she was really good to work with. But it was more, I started to feel that I was holding her back yeah. because she wasn't working with other people, with other styles. And it was all just me. Um, and I was like, you're going to have to work with other people because you've actually got, you've actually got this. You've actually, there's some, you've got some talent here. And she went on and cracked on. But one of the people that was in that training school um, that I met in my first session was Drill. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then that's then once I left again, another, uh, I did my ligaments in playing football again. And and that was me for as far as wrestling training went. I didn't go back after that. Oh, before um, before we I get into your, I went to your ring announcement well. stuff, um, did you like, uh, like, have an idea of a character you wanted to like develop into? When you're training, or... um, nothing major, no. but there was a lot of Johnny Brannigan always said I was a born baby face. 
he said, I could take a really good kicking. Yeah. <laughs> he said, I can, I can, you can bump, you can sell, and you've got you've, you've actually got a baby face, and you just you just wouldn't work for me as a heel. You you are a born baby face. You are so pure like white meat baby. Tom Sigler. <laughs> um, one of the one of the ideas I had, which I actually thought was really heelish, yeah. or would have been a really good heel persona, mm. and I think possibly one of the only ways I could have got over as a heel was to have been a proper thinks he's a pretty boy kind of a hide behind somebody bigger or a group kind of a deal because I can always chat. Um, you know, my promos weren't great, but with with work and with development, I'm sure I could have got to a, a decent promo place. But I did consider doing um, like a boy band gimmick, like a three count style kind of a thing. <laughs> that would be um, and being like a naff boy band. And Johnny loved the idea. Um, and he was like, if you if if you are ever going to be a heel, you'll do you'll do the boy band thing. But I don't know, maybe if I'd have, if I'd have made roster, I'd have just been. I, I might have just started out as a a bland kind of rah 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 baby face gets flattened by heels in squash matches but i'd, I'd have probably loved it <laughs> i probably absolutely have adored it and maybe like a, maybe maybe even like an underdog kind of mikey whipwreck style just gets the snot beat out of him for 10 minutes and then somehow manages to get a roll up or yeah something happens where someone gets distracted and um, there's a run in and i just get put on top of somebody and win and don't really know what's <laughs> happened but i've won yeah. uh, and i think that kind of gimmick would have suited um but yeah, nothing solid. Uh, but there were a few ideas just kind of banding around. But yeah, and, and interesting enough, we were considered. I was considered to do commentary for a show, but it never yeah. actually ended up happening. They went with a different combination. Johnny went with um, IJC. You actually ended up doing it for. He had, he had a bit of a stint, and then he went into ring work, and then he came back. And I think he's. St- I think he. Well, when lockdown started, he was on the uh, the, the commentary team, although he was still mid feud with Bin Man as well. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, but he, he joined the the GPW commentary team at that point. But um, yeah, interesting enough, there was a, there was an opportunity there, but it just never quite shook out. So yeah, then I kind of moved away from the biz, and I'd, I was in I was at uh, Lipper in Liverpool for uni. Yeah. So um, I wasn't too far away from places where wrestling was happening. I watched a couple of Infinite shows while I was down there while Infinite was still going, and that's where I first kind of chatted to Zach Gibson. Um, not majorly. I was trying to trying to work my way in basically to Infinite to do some social media and bits and pieces because I thought it'd be good for me because I love wrestling. It could also be good because I'm doing a entertainment management course, so that'll be a good experience. Yeah. And I'm offering him free work, but again, it just didn't quite shake out. But it seemed that um, even though we had limited kind of dealings, Gibson remembered me. So when I when I met him on the scene again when I came back in. Um, he was like, "Oh, you're right, Jim," and I was like, "Oh my God, he knows my name. <laughs> he know he remembers who I am. That's yeah. that's crazy." Uh, it was years ago, um, but I'd get to a couple of shows in Liverpool, and I also went to. I'd, I'd come back sometimes on the train, and if I could work it out, I'd come back when there was a GPW show in Hindley, get off the train in Wigan, go to Hindley, and then go back home for the weekend after after the show. And it was weird going back to shows because. When you step often, when you're not, because I was really in the industry, I suppose, mm. in my head, because I yeah. knew loads of people and, and I knew loads of people by first name and basis and I had friends. And then when you step away from it and you're only a trainee and you're not really made anything of yourself in, in the business, it's difficult to keep those connections going. And it's difficult, uh, you know, you, you turn up to shows and, and, and people are, it, it was, it's not like people were being like 
mean or, or shunning you or anything like that. But it was like I'm not as I'm not in anymore. No, I'm not in the in crowd anymore. Um, and the trainees that were there when I was there have either fallen away or they're on the roster. So it's like I'm on to sit with. Like I went to a show and I was like sat on my own and I was like, this is weird. I'm just having a few beers on my own watching wrestling. This is it's it's a more of a social thing for me. I was as but um, while I was sat there on my own. Christian Bennett came over and I know Christian's a guy that kind of can split opinion in yeah. the Northwest wrestling scene, but I met him when I was a trainee the first time and because I met him at a few shows and he was always, he was always friendly. He was always a good giggle and he was always up for having a bit of a drink. So I was like, I have literally no one to sit with. I, yeah, of course I'll come and have a, a few beers with you and have a sit with you. And that combination of knowing drill and knowing Christian was kind of what dragged me back into it eventually. Because this is they set up this is wrestling, yeah. by which point I was doing radio on Bolton FM, and I had I found out they were doing um, a thing, and I'd had been mad on before uh, talking about GPW and stuff, and I was like, Drill, I think Drill, and I think I've both messaged me at different times, or Drill messaged me, or Christian, one of the two, or both of the two messaged me, and were like, we're launching a promotion. No, no, that's it. I had Drill on as a guest just generally, and he said, yeah. oh, I'm going to start a promotion. So I was. I was like, well, let me know when you do. You know, if it's local enough, come on. I'll, you know, we'll have a chat about you setting up a promotion, what what it what it entails, and give it a bit of a promo and all that. He was like, yeah, yeah, we'll do. And then he, he got in touch and was like, this is the crack, this is what's happening. And when he when I was chatting to him about coming on the show, I was like, well, you know, if you need if you need anyone, you know, if you need anyone to come and help out or do, I don't know, a bit of announcing or a bit of, you know, commentary or whatever, just, just give us a shout. I'll give it a bash, whatever. Didn't really think much of it and mm. i think from what i can gather christian pushed quite hard for me to be given a, a chance at doing something um and it was settled on ring announcing or it might one of them pushed quite hard but i think they were both kind of open to it because they knew that i'd done the radio and they knew i was confident enough at chatting and they both knew me um so i got a i got a bash at ring announcing so i did the first show and it's just kind of grown from there really I, I, they let me do the second show um <laughs> drill said it was all right you know, Drill was quite pleased with it. Christian had some pointers. Um, I didn't think much of it. I was like, no, I did well. That was good. It was only a couple of years later when I was talking to Tony Knox. And yeah. Tony was like, oh, you know what, Jim? Um, you've, uh, <laughs> you've had, you're actually quite good now because uh, that first show you did, you were shit. <laughs> and I was like, cheers, Tony. That's mint. But Tony was, uh, he, but even that first show, Tony was the one that had come up to me and be like, he was like, right. Um, this, this, and this were really good. Don't do this, this, and this. And yeah. instantly I was like, well, that's that's great. That's what I need. I don't want people to just blow smoke up my ass and tell me it was good. I need to know what I'm doing wrong because it's the first show. I'm sure I'm doing stuff wrong. I'm sure I'm not perfect. That'd be ridiculous. Um, you know, I'm sure there's still things I do wrong. There's probably still things that Tony on that first show told me that I did wrong that I'll still do wrong now. Um, you know, don't. One of his big pieces of advice was when you're ringing out, when you're doing the end of the show. Don't do it while the baby face is still celebrating. Mm, yeah, you don't definitely. step on the baby face. You want to make sure you've waited until he goes back through the curtain. And I'm like, that's all good. And that is definitely what you should try and do. But when the baby face hasn't gone back through the curtain and half the crowd have already gone out the door and you've not plugged the last, the next show, sometimes you've got to make a call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you've got to just get them before they've all buggered off. 
because what else can you do? There's no point in announcing the next show to four people who are there every week anyway, or you know, every show. Mm. Um, it's just, you've just got to, <laughs> sometimes you've got to kind of make a call, I suppose. But uh, I generally tend to at least, you know, give them uh, until they've gone through the curtain or until there's like hardly anybody left and I've just kind of got you before Drill's going to come and roast me for not promoting his next show. Um, yeah. But then they initially they had a, a different commentary team. They had... Uh, they had Magic Mark, who hates being called Magic Mark, but there you go. Yeah. Um, Mark Adams, and they had uh, a guy called Craig Semple, who was also a rookie. He was doing his first show, and he was there for the first couple of shows. And then there was a, the th- I think the third show. They couldn't. Neither of them could turn up. Yeah. So I got put on commentary. Just no kind of real warning. Just you're on commentary today, lad. Like, oh right, okay, cool. Who am I on commentary with? Who's got the gear? Because I didn't have any gear. Um, what are we doing this commentary on? Because Mark brings the stuff and he's like, oh no, we've got this other lads coming, don't worry. So about five to show time, I'm, I'm thinking, well, are we doing commentary for this show? Like, where's this other guy? Um, about five to, uh, Kieran Moran rocks up with his MacBook, um, oh. sits down, tells me his gimmick and we go. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, and he just said, right, I've, I've, I'm a heel, heel colour, I've got um, I've got a degree in pro wrestling. That's my thing. And, yeah. and I was like, cool, right. I better go and like announce the start of the show then in the ring. And then I'll come back. And that's always been, and, and since then I've been on commentary and it, it was Kieran for a couple of shows. Um, the first one was awkward because neither was really prepared for it. I'd never done play by, well, I'd never done commentary full stop before. Um, certainly not play by play. At least with color, you can kind of sit back a little bit and wait for your moment and come in, just when you need to come in with play by play, you've just got to talk and you've got to know, you've got to know the names of actual wrestlers. I was going to say, <laughs> did you just call everything a maneuver like Vince McMahon used to, whatever maneuver, what a great Vince, maneuver. I, 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 I mean, my thing, and I, it doesn't seem to have stopped. I've developed a little bit, um, but one thing that I do seem to do, or I catch myself doing quite a lot, is just going, oh, just yeah. a lot, just reacting to things with a noise more than anything else. It's not quite, oh, my God, but, you know, it's just a, a noise or, a, oh, look at that or whatever. Um, but then once I was with – the second show with Kieran was better. Uh, we were a little bit more used to each other. We, we knew what was kind of going on a bit more. I'd learned some names of some moves, <laughs> and that helped. Uh, well, sometimes um, not, it's not even that, that you get the name of the moves. The wrestler calls it a different name, so you have to use that name. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that, that's <laughs> the uh, – that's the thing. Um, often with a finishing move, I'll just, it's if you're giving it its real name or whatever, it's its standard name. Um, what I've found useful is if you don't know if he calls it a different name, you just say his variation or his version yeah. of a whatever. Um, but then Kieran stopped doing it. Mark came back and we went into kind of a weird partnership where, Neither of us was fully play-by-play and neither of us was fully colour. I kind of took the lead, but then because I'm off, I'll do the match and then I'll go and do the ring announcing and then I'll come back and join back in again. It's hard to be the main guy when you're not there all the time. Yeah, definitely. But now Mark's obviously stepped away. Um, he's going to be doing this last thing with Pride Wrestling as long as that's still happening with everything that's COVID and all that jazz, but hopefully it is. Um, but Mark's stepping away from the business. Um, so I'm going to be put together with somebody else whose name now escapes me, but I can't can't remember exactly who 
I can't remember his what his name, but I know I've not I know him. I've met him. Um, I, I recognise him, but his his name's escaped me. But he is a play by play announcer, so I'm going to be switching to colour, which I think will work better with the jumping on and off commentary oh, and ring announcing. But it's just going to be a little bit of a change, and it, I think it's going to be fun because it means I can just, just kind of relax a little bit and just kind of sit there and crack wise and have a bit of a silly sort of bit more. And I think I, I think I'll be alright jumping in with the, the like you know analysis because. I think everyone falls into trying to do things the American way of your colour guy's got the personality and usually is a heel. Yeah. And your commentator tends to just commentate and call the action and whatnot. But I, what I liked was, well, one of the few things I liked from when they revived World of Sport was they had Jim Ross doing play-by-play and they had Alex Shane there, but he, he came across as more of a of an analyst like in a football game, a much yes. more English style of doing it. And he, he'd be like, well, actually, you know, this is... Um, you know, this is why that moves so effective, and oh well, in my my time in the ring and all that. And I know I've not had much time in the ring. Um, I've took a few bumps while I've been on shows, namely thanks to Jacob North. But uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, but then again, that was just a, sh- a surprise because he just there was just a show where he, he just he just shoved me. It wasn't planned. It, it wasn't spoken about. He just he was doing like a heel thing. He was doing a promo. <laughs> he just gave me a shove and. Just it was almost like that training instinct kicked in, and as soon as he shoved me, I just bumped. It was a rubbish bump, but I just did it. Yeah. And people, it got a reaction, and I was like, I like that. And then afterwards, Jacob was like, That was nice. That cheers for going there. And I was like, Oh no worries, mate. And then the next time, he was like, Oh, I might give you a shove again. I was like, No worries. This time, I'm, I'm expecting it. So the next time I did it, the bump was actually pretty crisp. Oh, and right. Drill was even like, I was a good bump, that lad. I was like, hey, I could always bump Drill. I couldn't do bugger all else, but I could bump <laughs> and I could sell. Um, and then I ended up going in a battle royal, just as a bit of a silly, that on the radio, Christian was, we were, me and Christian set up like a little bicker on the radio. Mm-hmm. And it, so he was like, right, for that, you're going in the battle royal. I was like, what? I'm not a wrestler. I don't want to be in a wrestling match. Which is a lie. I really want to be in a wrestling match. Yeah. But <laughs> the, so doing the battle royal was good fun. And I worked out a little spot that I was going to do with Mr. Cat where I was going to be, because I was acting like I was scared of being in this match, so I was going to go and find Mr. Cat for a cuddle. Yeah. Um, and then he was going to lob me out. But before that, just some random guy who had never been in this dressing before uh, chucked me out. Um, I don't know how he was even in the match. It was just one of them. It was amazing. When you're having an open invitation battle royal, even though the stipulation was supposed to be anybody that's ever worked for this is wrestling. Yes. Um, <laughs> when you're having an open invitation battle royal, people just turn up with the gear. Wow. <laughs> so it ended up, but because we'd because it advertised it as like thirty or however many, maybe twenty. Um, Drill was, and we had, we were a couple of people had dropped out. Drill was just like, "Yeah, be in the battle royal. I'm not paying you, but be in the battle royal." And they're like, "Oh yeah." So <laughs> one of them, one of these guys, the guy that threw me out, it was a lad called Big Red. Never yes. seen him before. Never seen him since. But he ended he's up coming. He, he ended up being like the like like fourth from last eliminated. <laughs> He's huge. I have no he's like idea 20, how that 20, happened. 24 stone. He's only like, oh yeah, he, he just turned. Yeah, but he, he's, I think he's only just turned 18 as well. So he's he just gave me a boot. Yeah. Well, he just gave me a boot in the. Uh, he just gave me a boot in the gut and a slap on the back, and I went down. And he picked me up, and he just went top rope, and I was like, "Yep, yeah, so no worries." <laughs> and I just flew out. And my mate Johnny, who I go to load of shows mm. um, with, he was uh, that was a, that was. A, that was a mad story. We were mates when we were kids. He was lived on the same street as me. Hadn't seen him in about 20 years. Put a status on Facebook, because obviously we're friends on Facebook, because anyone you've ever met is your friend on Facebook. Yeah. 
and he just Especially literally first couple actually, of, is anyone going yeah, to this GPW you just show? that with anyone you ever met in your life exactly <laughs> so, yeah oh, I remember him I'll add him not spoke to him but I'll add him um, and I just thought is anyone going to this GPW show looking for someone to have a split a taxi or something like that and um, he just popped up saying oh, I'm going to the GPW show I was like oh, just fancy splitting a taxi he was like man I'm driving I'll get I'll pick you up and from then on we've been to loads of different shows all over the shop we went up to Glasgow together shared an hotel room uh, watching ICW Fear and Loathing um, just love wrestling so we're going to we'll just go and have a, have a crack we've both got season tickets now at GPW which we've not used obviously um, <laughs> but he was there and he was like he was like, I cannot believe that I've just seen you do that he was like I cannot believe you've just gone out of a battle royal like that and then it just escalated from there and mm. for a while it looked as though Drill was angling to put me and Jacob into a program that would end up in some kind of a match which I was all up for Um but I'm not sure. Obviously, Matty's one of the promoters as well of This Is Wrestling. I'm mm-hmm. not sure Matty fancied it. I think he's got his sights set on bigger things than beating up the ring announcer. Yes. Um, <laughs> so he's off doing his own thing, which is fair enough. Um, it's not a very glamorous to do when you're just involved in a feud with the ring announcer. But it was kind of a feud of, a, of his own making as well. So um, it would have been nice if that had come to something. But of course, COVID came in and nothing's come to anything for a long time now. They could always put um, you in as a like a, a handicap match with like you and one of the up and coming good baby yeah, faces. Yeah, you know, he's got a feud going on or yeah. something like that. Um, but I was wondering. But the thing is, because I'm a ring announcer, I feel like my hands are kind of tied um, because you don't want your ring announcer being a heel. No. But being um, a colour commentator, it'd be, I, I feel like it could be very easy to slip into a slightly heelish persona. Um, so I'm going to have to try and avoid doing that because you don't want the ring announcer coming out to booze because <laughs> that's just not going to make the show look good, is it? Unless I don't know, unless you really ham it up, but just was I could have a go at. But um, you could, you could do sure your, your boy band esque <laughs> gimmick as a, as a as a as a really as either. Well, especially as the that's colour commentator, you could be like a cocky boy bandish. Yeah, I mean we'll just have to wait and shake, so but. Um, it's been pretty fun and I love the fact that I got given the opportunity really after after doing the training I felt and, and then going away and going to Union that I was always going to be a fan and I, I still go to the, I still went to the GPW shows and I still obviously not at the moment because there's nothing going on but I still go to the GPW shows and I've still got a, a good relationship with people Yes. and since getting back into the business I've found that a lot of people that I was friendly with I've, I've kind of rediscovered and um, I've been like, oh, they'll see me at a show and be like, oh, you're you working now? Like, yeah, yeah, I've not seen you in ages, blah, 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 blah. And you have a few connections, you know, a few conversations and you reconnect with people. Mm-hmm. And so that's been really fun. Um, and then when I was, at, I was at a GPW show and I was pretty pretty pissed up because that's what I do at GPW. I just have a lot of beers because it's cheap, cheap enough to drink in the, uh, yeah. in the ballroom in Hindley. So I'll have a good few beers. And Johnny always loves it because I get right rowdy. <laughs> and I'll boom very loudly and cheer very loudly, and I'll, I'll kind of, I find that when you get the when you get people that as long as they're not trying to be too smart, and you know cheer all the heels and boo all the baby faces, if you get a few you know set of lads that turn up get a little bit rowdy at a family show, as long as they're not going too far, it drags the kids to be more loud and boo yeah. the right people and cheer the right people and, and things like that. So I think Johnny's a big fan of me getting. Uh, a bit bevved up but after one of the shows he just came over and was like do you want for ringing out my next show? well do you want for ringing out my next show i was like and i literally i just just laughed in his face because i just <laughs> thought he was taking the piss i just thought he was having a laugh i thought he was just yanking me chain yeah 
Um, and I was like, you know, you don't, don't, don't be daft. Because I knew he had a ring announcement. He was like, no, no, I'm, I'm being legit. Um, Neil's going to a music festival, so he's not here. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. I'll do that. And and I've got to say, I turned up and I'm used to turning up with a, a pad of paper, writing everything down, you know, going around to each wrestler going, what do you want to wear? Where do you want to come from? Is there anything you want me to say? Anything specific? Um, writing it all down, then transferring it from the notepad. Wants to know everything's right. Mm-hmm. Onto little cue cards that I can fit in palm my hand fairly snug. I don't like going with a big piece of paper. I think no. it looks cheap, if I'm honest. It does. Yeah. Um, so I like to have very small cue cards that are, I don't know, but that's just a couple of inches by a couple of inches. So I can keep it in the palm of my hand and I can look at it. But not everyone can see that I've got a, a, a cue card or a bit of paper that tells me. Um, and then I went to GPW and I, I rocked up with my little bike, well, my little wheelie case. Johnny was like, oh, right, um, I'm just dealing with this, this, and this, but sit down, relax, whatever. Uh, I'll come and speak to you because uh, I need to tell you things you need to say. I was like, all right, yes, I know. So I sat and I waited, and Johnny came over, and he just, he literally sat there, and he went for every match and said what he wanted everyone to wear, where he wanted them to come from, how I wanted them to be announced. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is great. No, nobody does this. <laughs> nobody just comes and spoon-feeds me all the information I want. Yeah. Like there was literally the only thing that we didn't get down was um, where he wanted Chase, uh, Chase Crawford to be announced from because he said I want something fun that suits him so I'll come back to you on that and he just never did so I just <clears throat> I just had to make it up at the, when he came yeah. out I, I looked at my card and was like right okay so I, I think I announced him from Lovers Liverpool or something like that um, which seemed to work um, yeah. and also during that for some reason now whether or not it was because me and Johnny didn't go over it properly whether it's just that our wrote it down on the first bit but didn't transfer it properly onto the card but I didn't write down one of the teams in the tag team battle royal oh wow and it was alright because half the team was T-Bone and as soon as you see T-Bone you know T-Bone yes and to be fair I'm a regular at GPW I know that his tag team partner is Craig Collins but for the life of me for a good or oh, what felt like about three days but was probably about four or five <laughs> seconds mm. I could not remember Craig Collins's name. No. <laughs> so the announcement was T-Bone and his tag team partner, <coughs> Collins. <laughs> and I just looked over to the mate at the corner and he just looked at me and shook his head and I was like, oh no, I didn't get away with that. I did not get away with that. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, was, uh, it was great. And what was really cool about doing GPW is, you know, it's not, it ain't WrestleMania. No. But, because I started in that dingy gym where it used to be up in, up at the top uh, top floor of, of Shilar's gym on Ashton Old Road, with a lot of people that are now on the roster, it was it was like a, like a, almost like a, a strange vindication. I'd finally come full circle. I'd finally got on a GPW show. Yes. All right, it wasn't as a wrestler, but whatever I'd morphed into, I was now doing that on a GPW show, and I didn't stink the joint out, and I got paid to be the. And it was great fun, and Johnny was pleased, and I couldn't really ask for much else. And you know, the first the first guy I spoke to when I walked through that training school door was Lee Austin, mm-hmm. and Lee Austin was on the card, and it was just it was just grand. You know, I just really enjoyed announcing people that I knew and that I'd I'd kind of started out with. And when I came out, I had to do the cheesy thing that I hate doing. Yeah, <laughs> I've never had to do it. This is wrestling. Because they've always had somebody there to do it for me. It's always been uh, Craig Harrison who, who was doing the music. Yeah. But whoever did the music started off with the microphone. So when 
I came out as the ring announcer slash commentator with either the commentary team or the other half of the commentary team. Craig always announced, uh, please welcome your commentary team and your ring announcer, you know, Mark Adams and Jim Bailey and everyone would go, oh, whatever, clap, clap, clap. And as it, as, as we become became more established as a, as a show and people recognised me from the last show and the last show and the last show, I'd start getting a little bit of a pop here and there from the kids and whatever. And um, I went to GPW and they don't have somebody there that announces the ring announcer. The ring announcer announces themselves behind the curtain, uh, yeah. which I hate. I think it's so cringy. I even said to Johnny, do I have to do that really cheesy thing where I announce myself? And he was like, yeah. Oh. So you try and change your voice slightly. I did think about that, but in, I think when the moment came, I just did, I just was like, you know what? They're going to know. Yeah. <laughs> so sod it. And to be fair, <clears throat> you know, um, Neil does it like that um, when he's the real deal, Neil Steele for GPW. Wow. And um, he does it, and you can tell it's him. It's his voice. So I thought, <laughs> you know, sod it. I'm just going to go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did it. But, but when I came out, there was a group of lads that I trained with on the second time round who, you know, they, they're just fans now. But they always, they, they often rock up to GPW. Not every single show, but, you know, most of the time, 90% of the time, they're there. Yeah. And when I came out, they popped, like, but they actually popped. And they were like, oh, <laughs> your calves is there. Because I got nicknamed Calves at GPW because I had big calves. Yeah. That's pretty much the, the that's why my name on Facebook is Jimmy Calves Bailey. <clears throat> um, but yeah, they but they actually popped and that was pretty cool because I was like, hey, people know who I am, even though it's because <laughs> you're actually my friends, but that's not the point. <laughs> and it was just really good to come full circle. And again, although I started out rest, as a, a wrestling trainee, um, you know, I, I, I came out the GPW entrance. Stepped through the GPW ropes, and I did, and I worked for GPW, and um, I got shoved in that as well. Um, I had actually asked, "Am I going to have to take a bump?" And Johnny was like, "No, why are the ring announcer taking a bump? Don't be stupid." So I wore my good suit, yeah. and then Binman shoved me over, and so I did take a bump. <laughs> and he was afterwards, he was like, "What the what best bump you've ever done, that Jimmy?" And I was like, "Well, I didn't think I was going to have to bump, so I wore my good suit. So I went down very carefully." Yeah, <laughs> he was like, ah, "Fair enough, fair enough." But yeah, it, it was it was just really fun. And then, like you said, I did a bit of Unstoppable. Um, that was a really, really just random one. I've done a couple of shows for them. One of them was a kid's birthday. It was the oh, promoter's yeah. kid's birthday. Um, one of the most fun times I've ever had on a show because it was the only show I've been to where nobody cared. No. None of the wrestlers cared about having a great match. I didn't care about making mistakes. It was a kid's birthday. It wasn't a proper show in front of a paying audience. I was being paid. To be there, so I wasn't going to, you know, be rubbish. But if I slipped up, I wasn't worried about it. So I was probably the most relaxed I've ever been, and I just had a great time and a, and a good giggle. And I took loads of photos and yeah. silly things. <laughs> um, DDL was there, being a heel and being very silly. And because I'm off, because GPW is kind of my home promotion to watch. I've never really seen. Oh, um, I've not seen much. I've seen him do a little bit of a future shock and a little bit elsewhere, but. I've not often seen DDL do his heel stuff and DDL doing heel stuff is magical. It is so fun. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop laughing at some of the stuff they were doing. It was, it was, it was wonderful. Um, and it was, and he got, a, he got a, a, the birthday boy came with a cake to put in DDL's face, but as he lifted the cake up, it just fell in the ring. <laughs> it just slid off the, pl- the, the plate. Oh. <laughs> and the kid just kind of looked around, but it was all right because it was one of them football cakes. Yeah. So he just picked the entire cake up again and then just shoved it into his face. <laughs> it 
it didn't really go on him because it was just it was such a like a solid cake yeah that it just kind of made an imprint of his face <laughs> and then it ended up we all ended up throwing this cake at each other at various points during the night cause it was just like in the ring <laughs> basically but, Drill through it at me, and I was like, "Get it's got it on my suit." Drill. He's like, "Well, you couldn't off wash it." I was like, "It's dry clean only this pal. It's gonna cost me money now, but you know, just good fun and good, good fun with good people. And traveling to shows is always a good laugh. Yeah. Um, and you, you learn so much in cars. I heard him. Say, Johnny said it back at training. You'll not, you, know, you won't believe until you get on the scene the amount of stuff you learn about wrestling and being a wrestler backstage and in cars and yeah. just listening to some, you know, some of the people that have. Um, you know, being able to just not even talk to necessarily, but just kind of be a fly on the wall while they're having a conversation with somebody else and just being privy to that. It's just so much of the little tips and bits and pieces that the, the exchange. I remember um, Joey Hayes uh, uh, speaking to Zach Gibson backstage at This Is Wrestling wow. show. Yeah. This Is Wrestling, I think, was like the last show Zach did before going to America. And or what, if it wasn't the last, it was one of the last. It was like the last weekend he was in Britain before going over mm-hmm. to NXT yeah. in America. And, you know, he was just giving Joey tips and Joey was just picking his brain about bits of stuff he'd picked up since going to WWE. And just little things you wouldn't even think about of like footwork when you're punching and different bits and pieces like that were, were just great. And, you know, being in cars, I often get picked up by um, either Matty or Drill. I got picked up by Drill. He's, he lives very close to Joey Ayers, so he'd often have Joey Ayers in the car as well. and to just chatting wrestling with with Joey, and because Joey's been, you know, he's, he's he's not an old bloke, Joey, by any stretch of the imagination, but he has got he's done so many miles in British wrestling that he's just the mindset and and the, the just all the things he's learned, it just just fountain information and that the shows he's been on and the opinions he's got on working and other people working and how you can how people can improve the game and it's just. You know, for any trainee wrestler that's, that, that might be listening to this podcast, listen to yeah. people's conversations in cars <laughs> because they are an absolute treasure trove. And even for me, as someone that doesn't really doesn't wrestle, you know, I might end up having a match somewhere for some silly or whatever, or the odd battle royal appearance. But really, I feel that I've learned so much in the past couple of years doing ring announcing and commentating about wrestling, and I've not even. I've only been thrown out of a battle royal and chucked around by Jacob and <laughs> off a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and I've learned so much about just little stylistic things and just little bits and pieces of about wrestling. And I've met some, you know, mad people, really. You know, Scott, you know, Scott Olson, Cody Hall. Yeah. You know, he did a This Is Wrestling show and absolutely decimated Drill. And Jesus Christ, he's a big fella. I thought Drill was a big lad and Cody Hall made him look tiny. Yeah, okay, he's massive. Nine or something. He's bigger than his dad. Oh, he's, yeah, he's he's ridiculous. Like he was, he's the only person I'm genuinely been intimidated by, just by the presence. Going asking them um, how they want to be announced mm. because he's just so bloody big. Well, Jamil Trail looks big, but he's just six one. He's only six one six two, but he's he yeah. a lot bigger than he is. But. Yeah, but to be fair, Drill was I have, on his Facebook. I've seen he is proper like cut down like yes. he was never like a fat bloke when i've known him yeah he looks amazing but, yeah oof, he got down to cruiserweight weight <laughs> like bloody hell drill 
Christ, the bevy weight no longer. <laughs> well, this time last year you worked the Fight the Good Fight show, which raised like four grand mm. for mental health charities. How did you get involved with that great cause? Uh, well, Lucy sorted it out, uh, Lucy Openshaw. Yeah. And me and Lucy go back years. Um, we She worked at the pub that all my mates went to when we were underage. <laughs> um, although to be fair, by the time she by the time she worked there, we can't have been underage because she was younger than me. But mm. then again, it was the kind of establishment that she probably was. Um, but then she went to then she came to our sixth form, and we've been in a couple of bands together. Um, so you know, we've been like she's like been one of my best friends for for years. Um, she, she used to come around my house. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let you into a bit of a, a bit of a secret here. She used to come around to my house when I lived with her. What, when we would like have like people around to watch the big wrestling pay per views and stuff, and she like she she wasn't a wrestling fan by any stretch. She'd just come up and like coo over Randy Orton and, and CM Punk and people like that. <laughs> yeah, and then and, and until um until she went out with uh, one of her previous boyfriends, she was wasn't even that into wrestling. And all of a sudden, she was doing training and social media for people. And she's always been an absolute just sensation at doing social media. Um, for anything really, she's always been fantastic at that, and you know, I'm sure everybody knows how good Lucy is at doing social media promotion and, and all the bits and pieces regarding that. And that's how she kind of got herself in. Yeah. Um, she did a bit of training, she did a bit of social media, then she started doing a bit of backstage interviewing, and she came down to a This Is Wrestling show. Uh, I think we're having the second show, and she was doing just doing a bit of interviewing and, and that. And I said to Drill why don't we get Lucy to ring and announce the women's match? <clears throat> it'll give the women's match a bit more of a brand. You know, it'll give, if the women's divisions, are, you know, you could grow that into, you could get a female referee. Um, you could get a female everything. Everything about the women's match presentation could be female. Mm-hmm. And it'd yep. just give a, a bit more of a platform. And he was like, yeah, whatever sound, if you're all right, we're not doing that match. That's grand. And so Lucy did that. And Lucy was like, oh God, I've never done anything like that before. And she did all right. And then, um, next thing you know, she's got more bookings than I have. And I'm like, oh, what have I done here? Yeah, I've opened the door. She's um, sneaked in. Tell you. Wrestle Talk but, show uh, today, with um, Will Ospreay's yeah, she's, Wrestle Talk show. She's been, yeah, she's been on Wrestle Talk. She does the wrestling travel stuff. Um, she's she's brilliant at getting, you know, meeting people, being memorable, but not for the not for the wrong reasons. She's great at being remembered for the right reasons. She's a really, really nice girl. She's great fun, really sociable, and she does. She leaves a good impression on people, and and she always has done. And there's a reason we've been friends for like 15 years now, or something oh, wow. mad like that. <laughs> um, so you know, I'll, I'll giggle about you know giving. I give her a first night ring announcing opportunity, and then she's gone and took all my bookings. <laughs> you know, we, we have a bit of a giggle, but you know, she earned them. She does. She does, and and she's gone. She's improved at doing the ring announcing so rapidly. Um, I know she ended up on Botchamania for. Making uh, um, making that balls up on the with um, thing he's ringing out and saying he was be a Presley's girlfriend instead of boyfriend, um, but you know she's great and and she's earned everything she's got and some people nay say it but balls to that you know she's she's cracking and she's such a good person to have around and she she's always the if you, if you are Lucy's friend she will always be there for you no mm. no matter what when I broke up with my previous girlfriend. She was in Liverpool at the time um, with Megan and you know, having a bit of a crack round at Megan's and she, I texted her, told her what had happened and within an hour and a half she was, in, she was, she was at my house 
you know, with a comforting arm around the shoulder and a conversation and that that's just the measure of the girl, without a doubt. Oh. And so she she set up the fight the good fight. And when she started setting up, she was like, Will you give me an hand? And I was like, Yeah, of course, anything you need. And she was like, Well, I'm gonna be doing the ring announcing. And I was like, Well, yeah, it's your show, of course you're gonna be doing the ring announcing. Yeah. Like, if, if it was my show, I'd be doing the ring announcing because there's no way I'm doing a show and not booking myself. No. <laughs> but whatever you need, if you need me to just turn up and shift boxes and, and help out about it, I'm not I'm not asked. If you want someone to just get thrown over a top rope, I'll do it. If you want somebody to commentate, although I don't think they end up being commentary, but oh no, they did. I did commentate they, on it actually. Um, we did it in post. You did it post, um, yeah, because it's dead weird watching it because Lucy's standing there. Because Lucy's in the ring and doing post. I do, I do, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was great for when we went into Mark's house and recorded that. was a right laugh. And we just decided early on that we weren't taking it seriously because it was a because it was a good fun charity show and all that mm-hmm. jazz because we had a, a a raptor come out in the battle royal um yeah it was right you know we were just gonna have fun with it and because lucy's there and she's now here as well we were like right let's forget it let's just be open with the fact we're doing it in post let's just have fun let's just have a giggle and we, we it was a great time um but yeah i ended up being a runner basically um, nearly got taken out when someone got thrown out of the Battle Royal yeah. because I was running around the ring getting something for Sam um, Sam Bailey sent me off on a little mission to go and make sure that the neck, the, the, the second half of the Battle Royal competitors were where they needed to be to come out because um, I think he'd looked up and spied half of them stood at the bar so I don't think they were stood at the bar getting drinks I think they were just stood around chatting and being sociable yeah um, <laughs> He was like, go and tell them to get backstage. And as I was running around the ring, not really paying attention, I nearly got took out by someone being hurled out of the battle <laughs> rail. But thankfully, someone was like, whoa. And I was like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> like one of the fans stopped me getting absolutely brained, which would be good fun. But there you go. Yeah, I, I wasn't at the show, but I've caught it on YouTube. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was good. It was I've a never great... seen that many dogs at a wrestling show before. <laughs> It's a dog-friendly wrestling show. Yeah, it was a great mix of great wrestling, but it had a sense of humour as well, as you said. There was a raptor in the yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the room, oh, in the honestly, that was that was Nick Maguire. Yeah, and he literally he turned up. He was booked to be in the battle royal. He turned up, and he was like, "Right, Lucy, I've got this idea. I've got this." And he just <laughs> held up this dinosaur costume, and Lucy took one look at it and went, "Yes." <laughs> and so very quickly that we that. Dodgy Jurassic Park homage was found to be theme music. Yeah. And we went, they just went for it. <laughs> and he came out and it was, it was a right good laugh. And trying to get him over the top rope in that just seemed absolutely hysterical because he would not go. No. Getting in was hard enough. <laughs> and then we were, t- and I remember that uh, Egan won the Battle Royal. Yeah. And he was, uh, he was told, the one thing he was told was in his victory speech thing was just don't swear and I think within three seconds he'd uh, dropped an F-bomb yeah because when we watched the show we had to watch it without this commentary or anything because it was a bit, quite a bit swearing <laughs> me and my five year old watched it yeah <laughs> <laughs> well I think once Egan had been once Egan had broke it and then I think Lucy's dad got in and did a bit of a speech and then he swore as well and so <laughs> we were just like right well the, the, the gloves are off now so when we did commentary we weren't overly bothered i mean i think we tried to keep it to a minimum or not too drastic but yes yeah <laughs> the, the you know the, the the bar had been lowered shall we say <laughs> hi this is tonga and you're listening to broken for glorious well this this will be my last question so if <clears throat> so if you're a promoter for a day promoting a show 
Um, so using wrestlers you've worked with, interviewed, ring announced for, trained with, um, people are associated to you in some way. Um, if I give you a match type, would you tell me who you'd put in that match? Yeah, yeah, yeah no problems. Um, I might cheat a little bit and throw some extra names in, but there you go. <laughs> okay. All right, so who will be in your opening contest to get the crowd excited? Opener, um, I'm going to go for Joey Ayers versus yes. Tel Bannum. Ooh. Uh, Tel Bannum with Big T, by the way, because uh, they make a really good partnership. Yes. Um, and the thing is, Joey and Tal, and this stems back to a conversation in a car with Joey, um, Joey gets frustrated at people that are in opening matches that can't work a crowd. Yes. <laughs> and Joey's one of the best Joey's one of the best people for me in the Northwest at least, um, at working a crowd. He is fantastic at working a crowd. And I genuinely I genuinely don't think there's a finer heel in the Northwest Wrestling scene at the moment than Tal than Tel Bannum. He's he's one of the few heel wrestlers that I won't boo Tel Bannum because I'm appreciating what he's doing, yeah. I will boo Tel Benham, especially when I've had a few beers, because he's got me livid. Yes. Because he's that damn good at being a bad guy. And then you meet him in real life, and he's a proper sweetheart. <laughs> I was like, I was shocked. I was like, who's this dude? Because I've seen him perform before I, I met him um, at, uh, at a show. And I met him at, I met him very, very briefly when I think Lucy was talking to him about Fight the Good Fight. At, um, backstage at a show and then I met him at you know he was on the unstoppable card was where I first met him and then he did fight the good fight and at both of them he was just an absolute sweetheart and I was like what's this guy about I hate this guy <laughs> but obviously you know it's, it's the character that he, he performs as especially for PCW and the the point there was a point in PCW where he um I know people have got their opinions on PCW but I've, I've always I've gone for years um so you know when you're investing in a product even if you get a bit messed about or you know, people have got their their opinions on whatnot. Um, you just, you know, you, you, when you're emotionally invested, it's difficult to just cut cut off because you think, you know, people think you should or whatever. Yeah. So, and and me and Johnny like going. It's a it's, just, it's an easy trip to Preston um, or to Blackpool, and the Blackpool ones it's just a good day out, whatever. Um, but Tal Benham was the the money that the money in the bank holder, and he cashed in on Dean Allmark, and I'm just I was fuming. Yes, <laughs> I was absolutely fuming, and 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 I couldn't understand why, because obviously the money in the bank was for the heavyweight title, but because Dean Mark had both belts, both the heavyweight and cruiserweight title, Tal Benham got them both, and I was like, "How does wow. that work? <laughs> That's ridiculous!" And honestly, just it gets me fuming. And Big T, great heel work, um, and again, a lovely, lovely guy. But when them two are together, it's it's magic, and he's such a good enforcer for for Tal. Yeah, Tal, so Tal, 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 he's kind of, he's a, he wrestles for wrestle, wrestle he's like a manager, cult, cult leader at Wrestle Island, and he's got um, oh, or, um, that. Oh, oh, Harry McKenney is like his disciple, and so, so yeah, he's he's only he's only ever wrestled in the Rumble. He's but the rest of the time he's just being like the leader of. I don't know if they're gonna make oh, it to like a big cult, or it's just him and Harry are gonna do a thing, but. Yeah, he just—he he can genuinely, as a heel, just—he can—he can make my blood boil, especially if I've had a few babies. I don't which think I he said a word. He just him. comes in at the end of Harry's matches and kisses him on the head, and then walks backstage. <laughs> which together. is a shame because he's like, because put a microphone in his hand, and he's mm. absolute dynamite. His promos are electric. And I, I think love that to have seen where that went. Joey, yeah, you've got a banging opening contest there with them too, and the yeah, crowd definitely. 
well hot after that. Cool. Uh, um, who would be in your comedy match? Comedy match, right? I'm, I'm slightly cheating here. I'm going for a three-way. I'm going yeah. for a, a triple threat match. And I'm having a heel DDL because he's just... A heel DDL is absolutely hysterical. Yes. Um, and they're going to keep the, the crowd going. I'm big Joe because he's a fantastic worker. And I think that I mean, he's so young, he's got so much to come. Yes. His crowd works mint. His heel works mint. Um, he can work fast as well, but as a heel, he's just so funny. Um, you know, <clears throat> the, the stick he gets from the crowd about not being very big and the yeah, fact tiny, that he can just turn too. around to the crowd and be like, <laughs> I am massive! I am well, he, massive! He needs to stop because he is getting Always massive because of um, overcoat. Well, I know, yeah. He's he doing... Uh, your gimmick he's training is... training with Nush, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's doing like you're not supposed to be that big. <laughs> I mean, he is, he is still, you know, challenged in heights. So mm-hmm. um, he's still got that going for him. Um, yeah. And I'm going to, and third, third in that, as the baby face, um, Wing Commander Nash. Yes. I asked somebody I want to see. Sometimes, you know, some yeah. some people, some people, I've heard people criticize, um, criticize him for like a, a lack of actual wrestling in his matches. And I'm like, but he's clearly there as a comedy character. Yes. He's not there to be, you know, he's not there to be throwing out moss-covered three-handle credentials. He's there to be silly and have a daft scarf and a hat and speak in a posh voice and mm-hmm. jump off the top rope and miss everybody. He's yeah. there for, to make people giggle. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's he's going in my comedy match and uh, he's just a cracker. And, and again, everyone on here, um, as far as I'm concerned, is a, just a really nice person to be around as well. Mm-hmm. Um because again, like you say, you know, people I've worked with, people I'm associated with, all of these people, I think, are just just cracking people. I think, I think Big Joe gets put in every comedy match. I ask, it must be at least ninety percent so of them. He's good at being still. And the thing is, when he's when he when he wants to get serious, he's still brilliant. Mm. Like you know, sometimes I feel like he gets put in a lot of comedy matches, and sometimes I watch him and I'm like, ah, is Big Joe kind of being wasted in a comedy match? But then you'll see his performance within the match, and you're like, no, no, he's nailed that. He's he's a good utility guy, Big Joe. Yeah, definitely. Um, your women's title match? Uh, women's title. This took ages because I've worked with a lot more guys than I have uh, women, and obviously I've used one somewhere else as well. Um, but what I'm going for is I've gone for Tonga. Yes. Versus Mel Price. Um, Mel Price to be accompanied by Dirk Feelgood, because again, as a, as a partnership, they are fantastic. Um, Tonga's, Tonga's really good, and Tonga gets better and better every time I see her. Um, I think yeah. I, I, made, made to, made her, to I last think in their right. women's matches, Tonga versus Tonga, because they love her that much. <laughs> <laughs> but she's, better, she's, a, she's a really nice girl, and what I like is she's the only woman that I've worked with who's really interacted with me as a ring announcer. Yeah. Um, as in, like, because I... I was I came in and she was like, I want you to say this, but don't say it straight away because I'm going to tell you. And I was like, all right. And then I came in and I started saying, and she was like, tell him this. And my Twitter is this. <laughs> and so I'm announcing all these things after, and it worked really well. And it just made her look like a proper, like a proper knob, yeah. <laughs> just like a proper good heel character. Although actually in this, I've got a working face because Mel and Dirk are just great. And Mel's Mel is the it girl. It's, it's just a great gimmick. She's been working a similar kind of gimmick for GPW for ages. She's been around for a lot of folk for a decent amount of time as Mel. Um, and she's always been, she's always been someone who's, who's performed well. Um, she might not be the, the greatest women's wrestler on the scene right at this moment in time, but 
she's got so much to a game and she can, again, she can work a crowd. She's yes. not just someone that can throw out a few moves. She's great at interacting with a crowd and she's got a gimmick and a character down. And that's something that GPW is really good for, actually. You'll struggle to get booked on GPW if you cannot work your gimmick um, or if your gimmick is just I wrestle. Yes. It's very rare they'll have an I just wrestle guy on the card. It's a very gimmicky kind of place. And Johnny was very open with that in the training. He was like, look, I, I run a story-based, gimmick-based company. Mm-hmm. If you don't want a gimmick, if you don't want to do story, train, work somewhere else, but you'll not get booked on my shows because you've got to be able to work a gimmick. And it's true. And, and she can absolutely work her gimmick and she works it really well. And the stuff that her and Dirk have been doing um, with Chase as well, with the uh, the feel-good media limited <laughs> is just mint. And Dirk was such a good heel back in the master plan days mm-hmm. um, at GPW. I, I, again, he was another one that could get me going as a heel. Um, and as a manager, he's the, the only thing that stops me being that, that kind of, him having that kind of simmering heat with me these days is because he, as, a, as his manager persona of Dirk feel good, he's just too damn funny. Yeah, <laughs> to really hate hate because yeah. he just works it so cheesily and, and just perfect amount of, of silliness with it and it just works so well so that would be my women's title match uh, Tonga and Mel Price Tonga versus Mel Price uh, Mel Price with Dirk Fieldgood as the manager uh, a hardcore extreme rules style match I struggled with this you know I've not been on a, I've not been on many cards that have had proper hardcore matches but one mm. that stood out real, one that really stood out was the This Is Wrestling unsanctioned Brawl hardcore rules match. Yes. That um, Merseyside Massacre Squad, as they changed the name to eventually. Uh, um, mercenary Squad. Mercenary Squad, that's the one. But they were Merseyside Murder Squad for me for so yeah. long. But that's just what always pops into my head. And I have to be very careful if I'm ringing out to them not to say the old name. Yeah. Um, but them versus the Drapers was just so oh, much wow. fun to. Because yeah. um, I was commentating full time by that point for This Is Wrestling. So it was just so much fun to call. Um, and MMS actually managed to get the, the most genuine reaction um, out of me that I've ever put into a commentary yeah. when they powerbombed Lucy off the turnbuckle. Now, I kind of knew it was coming. Yes, I see. Because it was happening, and then it wasn't happening, and then it was happening, and then it wasn't happening. And then as I exited the ring for the segment and Lucy came into the ring, as I, I, held, the, I held the ropes open for Lucy to get through, and as she got through, she just looked at me with a little smile. And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm going through the table. And I was like, oh my God. Because Lucy's not properly trained. She had a few training sessions, but yeah. you know, she took a few bumps. None of them were through a table from the top rope. So Scott was just like, well, I'll look after you. Um, I've seen, I, mean, I was there. I saw her head bounced off the canvas. Mm, maybe not. Uh, but, you know, she, she put herself in that situation. She knew the crack. But when she came off, and went through the table, and I just I just downed my headset and ran to the ring. I was not, I because I you know I'll try and be a bit of a character when I'm doing the commentary. I'm in that more divine part of this show. Yes. For that run to the ring, I was not in character anymore. I was like my friend could be hurt, and it was only when I actually slid halfway through. I was like I had like my full upper body in the ring, and my legs like flailing about outside the ring, and I looked up to see Scott Overman just standing there looking angry. And suddenly the thought flashed into my mind, like, I'm the commentator slash ring announcer sliding in with these bad heels. Mm-hmm. It's not like I can stand up to him. Am I ruining <laughs> the thing? Am I ruining the moment here? 
And so I just kind of froze and backed out of the ring. But then I was like, but what if she's actually hurt? And by that, by the time all that had kind of processed through my mind, mm. Mark Adams was in the ring. So I was like, right, sod it. It's, I can get in. And so we got in. And But I, I remember look, I looked into her eyes and they were glassed. Oh, wow. And I was like, I was like, are you all right? And she looked at me and very quietly went, I don't know. Oh. I was like, oh. And then, you know, five minutes later, she was like, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not so bad. I've got a bit of an headache. And I was like, you probably got a concussion. She was like, yeah, probably have. I was like, you probably shouldn't drive home. She was like, yeah, but I'm not staying in, I'm not staying in uh, Ormskirk. <laughs> I was like, yeah, fair enough. I get that. But you probably shouldn't drive home. She was like, yeah, well, who's giving you a lift home? I was like, well, I'm sure we'll be fine. Um, and so we drove home. <laughs> um, I rang her later that night. I was like, how are you feeling? She was like, oh, I'm all right. Just, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go to sleep till really late because I know that I shouldn't go to sleep for bang my head and blah, blah, blah. She seemed to be in a, a fairly decent place. And obviously she was fine. So, or at least as, as fine as she was in the head before yeah. you know, she came <laughs> off the top rope. So, um, But yeah, the, the kind of brawl to end that little gimmick, which ended up being a lose-lose town match, actually, um, was just great stuff. Um just really good fun. And I didn't know who was going to win that. No. Um, I deliberately said that I didn't want to know. So or I was actually like, I just assumed that the Drapers were probably going to win. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, no, that was it. No, I did know he was going to win, but I didn't know it was Loser Lee's turn until they announced it right at the beginning of the match. Oh, wow. Um, they did it in like a promo. And I was like, oh, God, I've got to announce that. Oh, 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 no, the Drapers are leaving. Oh. oh, that's a shame. I was like working with them, but yeah. So the uh, but it was such a it was a great match, and the stuff they did with the the hardcore stuff and the weapons building up to that match with the unsanctioned match and with the glassing, um, which they were which again it was kind of a thing. I knew something was going to happen, but I didn't know exactly what was going to happen. I was just told there will be something happening when you're in the ring at some point in the show, and um, just get out of the way. Yeah. So I was like, all right, yeah, no worries. And so I'm halfway through my raffle. Everyone, the big part, you know, the main event of the show, British wrestling show, is the raffle. It's the raffle. Yeah. So I'm there doing the raffle, and two blokes in ski mask run in and start taking the ring down. And I'm like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> I'm like, who are these guys? And then I just, just sit back around and was like, Drill said something mad was going to happen. So I just ran out of the way. Um, and I wasn't commentating at that point. So I just I just literally ran out of the way and sat down. I was like, what, what's going on here? And then the drapers came out and the whole thing, yeah. boiled down and I was like yeah it's definitely the gimmick it's fine it's not just like some dodgy terrorist attack or anything like that. <laughs> you know, but honestly ran in in like dark clothes and ski masks I'm like mm. what at the hell and then obviously somebody ended up getting glassed so that was uh, oh lovely <laughs> gauges to clear up that as well and that was one of the things that um, Tony said he was like yeah you were you needed to keep try and keep the crowd going during that bit when they were cleaning up the glass and I was like, yeah, yeah, I probably should have done that better. And then I thought to myself, I was like, it was like 15 minutes. What was I going to do? Stand up routine. <laughs> 15 minutes it took him to clean that glass up. It's crazy. And, and you know, I can't drag out a ra- two raffle drawers that no. long. I'm mad. <laughs> so, there you go. Yeah, uh, tag team title match. Tag team title match. I'm going for um, I'm going for the bad lads. Yes. Uh, Drill and Mickey. Um, because they're just so much fun to hear. Um I'm going to put um, Big Joe's making a second appearance because he's going to manage him. But you can you can be in a match and then manage someone. That's all yeah, right. that's fine. Yeah, because um, because as a, as, a, as a as a three, they just they're just brilliant. Um, and they're going to go up against the Young Guns because they're oh wow, just yeah, so they're so good. good, just so good. And and, and Ethan again, I've seen Ethan. He's got massive. He's got massive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
absolutely huge. But obviously, Ethan had the injury and I did a bit of commentary with Ethan when he did the injury. He came and joined us for a match when he was injured. He just like, kind of turned up at a show. I think he was doing a, a, a bit where he shouted at someone. I can't, I can't exactly remember. But he was there, so he got thrown on commentary for just chip in for a, a match. And he was just being daft. It was right funny. Yes, um, just throwing in really silly comments and I was just trying not to giggle all the way through. And he, he's a cracky lad and brilliant to see that he came back from his injury so strong. Um, and they've got, like if they, if they if them two can stay injury free, man, like they've the, the world's going to be at their feet in a few years' time. They are yeah, so good. They are so good. J- Japan definitely beckons for them guys, without a doubt. Yeah, I'm I'm, a, I'm interviewing Mickey in a couple of weeks, so that'll make that means I'll have interviewed the whole that all the bad lads then. So. <laughs> no, they, there's just so much fun the bad lads to to have on a show. And I said to Drill, I said, why don't you book you and Mickey? Like, why don't you have you and Mickey together here? And he was like. Oh, no, I don't want it to do similar to GPW, which is kind of fair enough. But mm-hmm. oh man, when you when you've got when you've got gold there, you mine it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Especially um, when two of the three are already, you know, they've got him and Joe. Yeah, definitely. Uh, intergender match. Intergender match. I'm going for. I couldn't not put Lee Austin on my card. No. <laughs> so uh, I'm going for LA Austin versus Lana Austin, brother versus Ooh. sister. I've actually this is a match that has actually happened at GPW. Yeah. I. I wasn't there because I, I think I couldn't get out of work or there was some stupid reason why I wasn't at that show. And I, mean, I, I didn't see that match, but by all accounts, it was an absolute barnstormer. And I can believe it because those two have been wrestling each other since they were, you know, wee little kids and they did the backyard stuff. And yeah. then obviously they both become trained wrestlers. And Lana, you know, you don't need to, you know, don't need to big, big up Lana earlier anyway, but everyone knows, or most people know about Lana, how, how good Lana is. But I, I tell you what, LA Austin for me is one of the most underrated wrestlers in this country. He is so good and he just doesn't really work. He just, he, he does GPW. Um, you know, he's got a family and a business and, you know, he's all, you know, the rest of his life going on. I know he's had a couple of injuries and when he first came back from injury, he, he'd, he'd always, he'd message, he always messaged me if he saw me in the crowd. I'm like, was that any good? Was that decent that tonight? And I'm always like, mate, you're brilliant. Like yeah. you, you, you're so so good. Like you could, you could go on and do so much more. But I just, I just get the impression it, it's a hobby for him, not much else. He, he enjoys doing it, but it's not his career. Um, but man, if you if you if you get if anyone listening who's never seen LA Austin wrestle after when you know when we've done with all this virus pandemic stuff and, and wrestling shows can crack on, get down to GPW and watch LA Austin because you will not be disappointed. My mate Johnny, like I say, I go to a lot of matches with him, uh, a lot of lot of lot of shows with him, and he's seen I've seen a lot of matches with him. Mm. Um, he says he says that he's one of the best high flyers he's ever seen, and it's just it, the way he does his moves. He he will like you'll see him doing like a swanton bomb, mm-hmm. and you'll just be like, he's not going to make it, and then at the last minute he'll just flip it all over, and it's like the most last minute turns and the last minute flip, and they just. The way they just everything looks so crisp, everything looks just so the flight that he puts on his moves just looks so good, and I, I just love watching him. And I'll give him, well, I'll give him this. I don't know if he, I don't know if he'll end up listening to this or whatever, but mm-hmm. he did choke me out once with a Hell's yeah. Gate when he oh, challenged wow. me to a little bit of a little bit of a shoot grapple at GPW, and he was like, "No heroes, right? If I get you, if, you know, if, if I get you, just just tap out." And I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! What do you mean fight <laughs> if you get me?" I'm, I've got, you know, I might have a chance in this, but 30 seconds. 
Wow. Probably not even that. <laughs> I just went for him and he just went, hell's gate, like, tap out, tap out, done. And he was like, oh, good, you good, you tapped out. No, no point getting choked out, is there? I was like, no, no. And he was like, choked one of my mates out the other week. It weren't so pretty. I was like, what? And he was just, but he was he was the first person that kind of spoke to me at the training, as I said. And, and he's always, he's just kind of constantly been around at GPW. And he, he never gets the plaudits from me that he, he truly deserves because he's bloody brilliant. Um, you know, obviously, yeah, some bit, some bit I, I haven't seen it. I think he because he only does me tends to do G- GPW and Mr. Cats. Well, but, does it Mr. Cats? He does as well. Yeah, yeah, he does do some Mr. Cats. I yeah, think. Yeah. yeah. So I've only ever seen videos of him. I've never actually seen him live. Oh, yet, he's so. so damn good. No, he, he he's not the most confident talker, um, but other than that, he's absolutely phenomenal. And I'd, I'd, I'd if I was if I was actually booking a promotion, <laughs> I would book him all the time. I keep telling Drill to book him actually, and Drill again, it's like a. Well, I just don't want to be have all the same people as GPW on that. Well, put him in a mask. Yes. He'd wrestle in a mask. He'd love wrestling a mask, Lee. If he could he'd better wrestle on the road, he'd be all up for that. And he was like, well, I might do that, actually. But nothing's come of it yet. Okay, and then it's your main event, your main title match. Uh, my main title match, what I've done with this, because, you know, your main event, it's your money match, really, isn't it? Yeah. So I've just gone. I've just I've gone for a triple threat, and I'm going for just the biggest, three biggest names that I've worked with. I suppose. Okay. Um, so I've gone for T Bum. Yes. Versus Kip Sabian versus Zach Gibson. Oh. Now, when I worked with Kip Sabian, he wasn't all you know, he wasn't a big a really big name. In fact, yeah, in the Northwest. He, he headlined the first people, This is Wrestling show. This is Wrestling yeah. Show, yeah. yeah. Um and he was great fun. Uh, great fun to work with. Um again, he was one of them came up to me and was like, Oh, don't worry, I'm gonna do a bit of series, I'm gonna I'll take piss out of you. Because um, I, I want to announce myself, kind of thing. I'm going to be a bit of a dick, but don't worry, it's about me gimmick. I was like, yeah, no worries, that's all good with me. Um, and he and he did, and it was fun. And I managed not to corpse, and it was a good laugh. Um, yep. T Bone, T Bone's T Bone, isn't he? You know, everybody's seen T Bone working in the Northwest, but that's because everyone, well, it does help that he owns a ring. But <laughs> it's also the fact that he's he's bloody belting, and yeah. you know he's he gets over pretty much everywhere he goes. He gets over, and, and Gibson's Gibson, um, he's just phenomenal. And he, I love the fact that he's he's gone off to America, and he's doing his uh, thing with JD because it's just it's just belting. I remember JD when he was in the Blackpool uh, Blackpool Blondes. Yeah, back in the day, wow. and G- oh, everyone at GPW chanted that they were the Blackpool Bum Boys, which was PC. Probably <laughs> no. get away with that now, but um, you know, to to see his development from being in that Northwest Rookies League thing that GPW did all the way back in the day mm-hmm. to now, just absolutely phenomenal. And, and Gibson's the one I think is his heel work is absolutely incredible, and he can go so so far, like because he's, he's he's solo stuff that he did with the the. Uh, UK tournament mm-hmm. and yeah, you know his definitely. promos just phenomenal and basically you know in America if you put you know if you ran him off on a solo heel run as not part of a tag team and you did all the same shtick but instead of being Liverpool you just said England yeah the Americans would absolutely hate it he'd get over like Rover no bothers yeah he's, yeah. well it's still it's the shoes off you hey Gibson seems to be getting all was, was getting exactly, over, over exactly. there exactly you know stuff like that yeah, oh, without a doubt, and it will because it's it's just good fun. Who, who don't like doing stuff like that? I remember doing that at a Bolton game against Wigan. <laughs> take, take his shoes off if you wear Wigan, and we all we're all waving our shoes at the away fans, all seven of them. 
Oh, that's an yeah. amazing card. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I was just, I just, I was thinking. I was like, oh, can I put him in the main event? I was like, Gibson's got to be there. Yeah. And I was like, oh, T Bone. And then I was like, who? And then I was like, that'll do. And I was like, oh God, Kip Sabi. <laughs> he was on that one card, that, the, the, the first card, and now he's obviously he's in AEW doing his stuff with uh, Miro. Yes. Yeah. I wish they'd stop going on about Twitch, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I just. But he, he was cracking. Uh, I don't think that the main event was quite. I think don't think some of the shtick they did in that main event was quite suitable for the family audience. But uh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> it certainly offended Matty's mum, but oh. that just kind of makes, makes it more funny, doesn't it? The <laughs> <laughs> wrestler's mum was offended. It just, it just that entire scenario makes it more funny. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right, so before we go, do you want to promote your social media? Uh, yeah, you can. Well, actually, before I promote my social media, I have got a few, um, a few shout outs right, cool. for people that I, I really wanted to fit into my card, but I just couldn't because otherwise I'd have been having. I didn't realise I could throw in battle royals and cheat really <laughs> badly. Um, but um, F- uh, Philip Michael is absolute quality. Yes. Um, Jacob North again. I gave him a shout out earlier on. Talked about him earlier on, but he's cracking. Um, Steven man. Love Steve. Uh, I've had him on the radio show quite a lot promoting GPW cards. Um, good, you know, always does good character work. Um, and I've, I've just always enjoyed watching him. And he was he was great fun with uh, IJC when they did the Midnight Bin Collection. Mm-hmm. Uh, always good fun. Um, Sandy Beach, uh, Callum Corey. Yes, he's really good. This is wrestling champion, of course. Uh, he's brill. Uh, Rio, crack him. Um, both male Rio and female Rio, actually. Both brilliant. Um, Sona Derson. I, 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 I probably should have squeezed Sona Derson into that main event, really, because Sona Derson is just an absolute quality, quality wrestler, like no doubt. And he does great character work. Um, his stuff with his tiny bruise, great. Yes, it's a um, And I remember him coming to a This Is Wrestling show being proper ill. And he went out there, and you would not have known that how, how ill he was feeling when you saw him wrestle. But to, then he, he, before and after his match, he was just lying on a couch backstage going, oh. oh. I was like, you're not in a good way. He was like, no. And then as soon as it was time to go out there, he was just Sonna Durson and doing all his uh, all his usual stick and all, you know, wrestled a good match, then went backstage again and was like, oh, I'm lying on the couch again. Oh. <laughs> but and I'm sure that, again, even in that, even in that just little list of people, uh, I'm sure there's people that I've, uh, I've not mentioned that, they probably you know deserve mentioning, but you can't you can't remember everyone. I'll, nah. Someone will be like, "You didn't mention me," and I'm sorry, <laughs> completely forgot. But um, oh, JJ Webb, yes, just brilliant. You know, so easy to be dislikable in the ring, and then backstage, he's just he's just one of the most mischievous people. Like he's always got a, a, just a cheeky grin on his face, and he's always doing something. <laughs> To wind someone, as, as it's not you, yeah, it's mint. But he wants <laughs> just put. He just wants like just th- three water in my face while I was on commentary, unannounced. Um, but we did a bit. Of, we did a spot of commentary. He joined us for a bit, like for a match. Mm. Um, I don't even. I don't even think he was like supposed to. I think he just decided he was going to do it. Um, but it wasn't something Drill had sorted out. He just rocked up and put an headset on, and we were just like, well, we're going to have to roll with this now. And he ended up. Th- he, he, he just. He, he just loves giving me shit. It when I'm on commentary and it's so much fun to have that little bit of silly with him and yeah. I think he ended up putting a t-shirt on my head <laughs> yeah you can model my new t-shirt and he just put it over my face 
And I was like, that's just, just it's just good fun silliness. And he's, you know, great lad. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but so just always on the wind up and just a proper cheeky get backstage and good heel in the ring. And that's the stuff he does with his tiny little mobile phone and his man bag just always, again, just cracks me up. Um, but yeah, got to chuck him in a little honourable mention as well. But yeah, my uh, social media, you can get me, I think my Facebook page is Jim Bailey Presenter because it's uh, Gator Emmy Radio stuff when I actually remember to use it. Yeah. Uh, but my Twitter's probably the best place. Um, in fact, Twitter and Instagram and I think Twitch, which I've not really, I've just said you should stop mentioning Twitch, um, <laughs> which I've not really done much with, but I'm over this lockdown, I'll probably end up doing something with it. Um, is uh, at it's Jim Bailey. Yes, definitely. Cool. I'll put links everything in the description. So if anyone wants to oh, follow you, so I've really enjoyed speaking again. I'd love to have you on again in the future. Oh yes, same man. Really good fun. I was like a bit worried. Like, oh, I've not done that much. You know, I've only been around a couple of years actually active, but flew through. Well, to be fair, you get get me chatting and think, go, yeah, go on to tomorrow. You know, could be <laughs> the longest interview I've ever done. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. When you get a radio presenter on, you know. <laughs> Get me out on Bolton FM.